looking into the epistle to the Ephesians, you find yourself immediately confronted by controversy. There exists in academia doubt that the Apostle Paul actually wrote the letter. In point of fact, it just don't matter. I accept Paul's authorship, but if you don't, it is much more important to focus on the message found in Ephesians. The message, significant and deeply relevant to the residents of the city in the early 60s AD, is no less significant to Christians in the 21st century, with Ephesus lying in ruins. So, let's start here and just accept what it is written. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The recipients of the letter have only one requirement, faith in Christ Jesus. Do you agree with the following found in Romans 1 verses 2 through 6? God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. If you agree with these things, not only does Paul include you in the saints, but he sends grace and peace to you personally on behalf of God the Father. Furthermore, you are included in those who call God Father. You are included with Jesus Christ as children of God. But Paul doesn't stop there. The letter continues as a prayer. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. The prayer begins 
as we were taught in Matthew 6, with praise for the one from whom all blessings are issued. As believers, we receive blessings from heaven, especially our justification supplied by the blood of Jesus Christ. The controversy continues with the assertion that we were chosen in Christ even before time began. Accepting this statement requires that we embrace the sovereignty of the Lord of Heaven's armies. We must acknowledge that God is timeless and eternal. We must accept as fact we were chosen by Christ. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. We have been adopted as children of God, as willed by Jesus Christ. When one thinks about the earthly adoption process, grace is the primary motivator. The adoptive parent chooses the adopted. And so it is with our Father. Grace and love were the only motivators brought to bear when we were adopted by God through Jesus Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In a couple of verses, Paul has clearly laid out the value statement of our adoption through Christ. We have been freed from the slavery of our own sin. All previous violations are forgiven. The price was grace, poured onto us at the foot of the cross. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ things in the heavens and things on the earth. When looking at a typical mystery, there are questions that must be answered. Some questions are self-evident, such as, what happened? This was developed earlier. Who did it was covered before, along with, when did it happen? In the grand case, whose circumstances are being developed in the letter, 
the mystery is why. The will of God is the great unknown. We receive clues such as his kind intention. We get more information elsewhere in Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God provides the answer to the mystery. The primary motivators are love and grace. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. First, Paul reflects on the saints who have gone before us. What God is seeking is glory, being reflected by those receiving grace. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Then, the light of God's grace is turned on us who are deemed to be apostles. We received as a pledge, the Holy Spirit. We are called upon to believe, and therein praise God for his glory, reflected in love and grace. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul's specific prayer is that we receive from God a spirit of wisdom. Through this Spirit, he wants us to know everything about God. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? 
and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. It is your complete and thorough understanding of the answer to the great mystery that Paul asks God on your behalf. He wants you to know why God wants to save you from death. He wants you to believe that Jesus Christ offers the one source of your salvation. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Yeah.